Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go. Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Dropping eight. Steps up. No. Loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards. Up in the air. It's on the ground. Still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast. We are live Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It is Tuesday night, December the 22nd, 2020. We have tons to talk about this week, including playoff drama and QB controversy. But first, make sure you visit us on our social network. We are on, of course, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, make sure you are following us there. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to our show, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, and much, much more. Uh, make sure you give us a rate and review if you uh, follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate that. And, uh, you know, give us a uh, rate and review. Uh, we will have uh, Sean and Matt on, our, our normal uh, co-hosts here in just a couple of minutes. But, of course, you know the uh, sponsor of this show via NGSE Sports is Arena Eats and uh, we are honored to have uh, some of the guys from the uh, the crew uh, of Arena Eats on uh, with us tonight. We have uh, Frederick Birchfield, Myron Sterling, and Terrence uh, Taylor. Uh, Frederick, let's start with you. Uh, give a little bit of background on yourself and 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 where you're at and uh, who you are with uh, with the Arena Eats. Um, thanks, Jim. Um, I'm actually uh, I'll receive you know, of Arena Eats. Uh, 
uh, mobile app uh, and um, just uh, running a trying, trying to get out here into the sports industry. Um, I actually own a that's a balloon company over Arena East with the technology solution. So um, we're trying to get out here and just uh, get fans excited. Awesome, very good. Myron, how about you? Um, me, I'm Myron Sterling, that's my name, and I'm Director of Marketing and Fan Engagement uh, for uh, Arena Eats. I'll be handling, you know, the majority of the marketing and uh, you know, just engaging with the fans and stuff, you know, once the game gets started and you know, things like that. Yes, sir. Awesome, very good. And, and Terrence, uh, what, what, uh, what do you do with Arena Eats? I think we got you on here. Let me get you try and get you unmuted. I think we're having a little bit of uh, a little bit of technical trouble here uh, with Terrence. I think I'm trying to get him unmuted, and uh, it seems like we're having a little bit of trouble. But um, we'll, we'll we'll sit with you, uh, Frederick and Myron, and and if, and if Terrence, if we can get him uh, figured out here, we'll we'll do that. Um, yes, sir. But you know this app. I mean, obviously, you know we've all been in the situation. You know we're. Where it's getting late in the period, getting late in the quarter. We all we we all got to make that choice. Am mm -hmm. I gonna go? Am I gonna go to the bathroom during this break, or am I gonna head to the concession <laughs> stand? So with this app, the the way I'm understanding it, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I'm understanding correctly, you know, I, I can maybe I'm getting in that that bathroom line, and I can I can make my order right directly from the app, and I can swing through and pick it up then. After I'm done, I, I don't have to waste the time in the food line? Uh, right. Actually, you can place your order on the way to the venue. On the you way to? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't care what you're doing. You ain't got to tell us, but no matter where you are, <laughs> as long as you got a phone, <laughs> you can place your order. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. now, like, you, you know, you're looking at me. Obviously, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. You know, getting up and up and down in the uh, in the seats obviously isn't isn't always the most fun thing to do. Is this something where I can actually order at my seat? Are they going to be able to bring the food to me? Even yeah, uh, Martin, want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, it's just like Fred said. It, it doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, you can be on the way into the arena and you can order it, but if you're in your seat, you get in seat ordering. You know, you go through the app with your phone. They will email you back or text you back through the app, and they will let you know when your order is ready. So, and they will be bringing it out to you. That's awesome. That's yeah. all. That yeah. I mean, that's that's gonna that's like game changing when it comes to the uh, you know the whole experience with 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 going and seeing venues. And I mean, you know, we're in a situation right now. Obviously, you know, twenty twenty has been. Uh, and we'll try and get – we'll see if we can get Terrence back in here too. You know, this obviously has been a horrible year. Sports, concerts, yeah. wrestling, everything's been shut down. And, and I feel like by the time we get back for these – for the games, for the shows and stuff like that, we're not going to want to miss a second of the action. So, like, you guys you guys right. are coming in at, at the perfect time, right? I mean, this is a great opportunity to capitalize on what will be a, a, an industry that's just striving for people to get back in these seats. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, go ahead, friend. Exactly. I mean, you know, the whole concept basically to it is, is where uh, fans can feel comfortable. Uh, if you don't want it delivered to your seat, you can actually get, get up and go get it. It's press pickup. So it mm -hmm. makes it more 
even a five-year-old can place an order on this platform. Um, you know, a fan insight, what a fan actually really wants. So um, we just try to bring out that 42% that stays home because they got, you know, everything on magnet, 70-inch screen TV, and they commute the game and all of this. Man. We're, trying to, we're trying to get them out the house to get them to come up. Right. Yes, sir. That's awesome. You know, yeah, that's uh and, and, and Terrence, let's see if, if we have you uh if we have you on now. Uh what's uh awesome, awesome. Yeah, what what uh what is your position with uh with Arena Eats? I'm over sales. I'm over like they were um how it is you can order anywhere anytime as many orders as you want. The uh, old school way of uh, taking 15, 20 minutes to get food, 15, 20 minutes, missing a whole quarter. Those days are over with the right from your and either. Yeah, uh, Ter- Terrence, you're still you're you're still breaking up, man. But I, I think I think what we I, I think you know it, it sounds like you know the the, the kind of the old way of, of doing it is really going to kind of be changed here that, that, uh, you know, you don't have to make those hard choices. You don't have to stand in the long lines. You don't have to waste your, you know, cause let's be honest, like tickets to, to games and concerts and stuff like that. They're, yeah. they're, they're not cheap. So, you know, you, you don't want to spend, you know, ha- half of the second period waiting in line for, for, you know, your, your food and drink. So the opportunity here, uh, you know, to, to really to change the game is, is, is incredible. Oh, it's, it's 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 awesome. Uh, this app is this app is going to do some some great things, man. And we we can't wait, we can't wait to to get started. Yeah. So I guess the 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 only other the only other question I have, and and obviously you know this is your guys' baby. This is your you know you guys are are here as as guests of us and guests of NGSC Sports. Um, so yes, feel free to elaborate on anything, but. Um, you know, obviously, this will be available on app stores. But do you guys know, like, what what arenas, what venues are are, are gonna are gonna have the service, or, or maybe already do as 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 some things begin to, to open up? Uh, well, Jim, you know what? Um, we we got a, we got we got a slate of about a good ten to fifteen uh, different um, arenas and uh, some pro and some G League uh, teams out here that's interested. So. We got a lot of talks going on right now. Um, everything is just dependent on COVID. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of locked and loaded right now. Um, <laughs> really each is available in Google Play and yeah. uh, the Apple Store right now. So awesome. it's there. Um, everything's set up. We're just waiting to roll uh, whenever we get the green light when it's safe enough. So, uh, and we will be back to talk to you guys about that as well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, once once things and, – and obviously we're, we're starting to see – uh, some vaccine distribution and stuff like that. I feel like we're we're getting closer. We're getting closer to uh, being back in the buildings and, and seeing live sports and seeing live shows and things like that. So, um, you know, obviously, 2020 has been rough, but but we're looking forward uh, to 2021. Um, so, obviously, here at the bottom, I, I have the scroller going. You know, they can go to ArenaEats.app and uh, and 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 get the app, and then go to their their app stores and. Uh, I think you guys, you know, are, are looking for, for partnerships too. I mean, the more, the more, the merrier. I think the key to, to, to something like this is 
uh, brand awareness and and uh, kind of spreading the love. So, so it's kind of more the more the merrier, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, we're the one thing that that's that's out of the normal for this app and the company that stands behind it, and so is my staff. Is that we'll work with any venue, um, just because yeah. it's all technology. It's not we don't operate on big budgets, basically. Right mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. um, if we can be a part of be a part of it, like you said, it has changed and it has changed forever, basically. Oh. So um, we just want to be on the forefront. Yeah, we, you know, uh, some of what Fred was saying, we can we can make this app work anywhere. It could be a museum. You could get your tickets through the app. It could be a restaurant, um, food truck. Uh, we can do it for anything, you know. So it, it is a good thing, very good thing. That's awesome. Oh, oh, oh by the way, by the way, um, don't be surprised if you see a really East food truck roll up somewhere. Right. Yeah, that's, that's probably <laughs> that's going to be on the way. Man, <laughs> and, and I, I feel like you know, I, I feel that's kind of the you know a a, a big thing. That that's really kind of blown up over the last couple of years. So heck yeah, you know, jump on yeah. it, uh, mm-hmm. jump on it when you can. So guys, um, if, if, you know, do you have anything else to add? Is is there anything I missed? Uh, and and you know, how can people uh, how can people contact you and reach out to you? Go ahead, Fred. Um, you can actually um, go to the website arenaeats.app. Um, we have instant messaging on the website. Uh, anybody who wants to reach out. Um, we respond right away, um, less than 24 hours, a lot of time, yeah. a couple of seconds. So if yeah. anybody want to reach out, want more information on the app as well, availability, uh, we're willing to work with anyone. And um, thank you for sharing your platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Well, and uh, again, that is arenaeats.app. And guys, we, we appreciate it. And uh, like I said, once once things get back and rolling, we look forward to talking to you again. Uh, and, and, and we can actually have a little bit more, a little bit more detail about, uh, how and where and stuff like that, because I think we're all ready to, uh, see some live sports and get to some of these games and things like that. Oh yeah. Hey, Hey Jim. Hey Jim. Have you downloaded the app yet? Uh, you know what? I haven't, and I'm going to do it right when I get (laughs) off the air tonight, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, you guys take care and you guys have a happy holiday as well. All right. Hey, you too, Jeff. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll, you. we'll see you. All right. So thank you again. I go to arena eats, uh, dot app. And now we'll, uh, we'll get Sean and Matt in here, uh, as we, uh, as we roll out the show, uh, per normal guys. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we all, uh, want a little bit of uh normalcy and, and live sports action and, and stuff like that. How about that? Man, it, it, it sounds like a cool, uh, cool, cool idea. I mean, like, like you were kind of, you asked all the questions I needed. It, it sounds like if we could just find a way for the bathroom to get brought right to my uh, seat in the <laughs> arena, you know, find a way to make that happen. Maybe I just need, you know, a colostomy bag, whatever it takes. Uh, you never have to go anywhere. It, it sounds like a really cool, cool idea. Uh, you know, obviously hoping the pandemic doesn't delay things enough uh, to affect their, uh, their bottom line, because it sounds like they're really on to something. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's uh, it, it, it's a pretty cool thing and a, and a pretty great concept and uh it's pretty awesome that uh ngsc sports here is able to uh kind of get in at the beginning when when things are, are getting ready uh to roll out so 
Okay, let's uh, let's let's resettle here. The this past weekend uh, was it was championship weekend in college football, and uh, it was the, uh, the you know the the Sunday the college football playoff rankings came out. The final of the uh, of the college football rankings, and um, you know our, our our top four are Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. So let's, I, you know, I think Alabama Clemson was was a a no brainer, uh, especially given the uh, the SEC championship and the ACC championship. Uh, the, those ones were were fairly easy uh, to figure out that, that that's what it was going to be. I think the big question started to as it started to come out was, is it going to be Ohio State, Texas A and M, or Notre Dame? And you know, for for me, for as we've rolled out these rankings every week as these as they've come out we've seen ohio state above texas a&m so for me i thought they won the big 10 we know how we feel about the big 10 kind of changing their rules and standards but uh that 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 is what it was and what you know they 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 won the big 10 they, they, i figured they were getting in so now it came down to was the committee, uh, was the committee going to put Notre Dame in, or was the committee going to put Texas A and M in? And for me, I, I just I looked at the resumes, and I looked at, at at what Notre Dame had versus what Texas A and M had, and I you know I I, I figured that, that Notre Dame's resume should stand up. Do you guys think, and, and Matt, we'll start with you, do you think that the committee got the top four correct? I do. Um, I think for me, what it came down to more so wasn't between Notre Dame and A&M, but Ohio State and A&M. Um, you know, if, if you look at quality wins for the two teams, Notre Dame beat Clemson number one team at the time you know they play the team that's on the field so i understand the argument that you know lawrence and some key defensive players weren't there but is what it is um and then their next best win is against the top 15 team in unc so um that kind of negates a m's biggest win which was florida who stood at three losses at that point. right right um so both teams had suffered a big loss to a top tier team. Um, so I think that kind of washes too. So I think the argument should have just been, does Ohio State have enough to get in? Um, I didn't think so, but the committee did. Um, and I, I mean, they did go undefeated. They can't help the number of games they played. So I understand that. But as Notre Dame fans, I think we've all heard year in, year out uh, about that 13th data point that Notre Dame never had. Um, playing fewer games than everyone else is that really fair? Um, so I think this year that that argument's just kind of done. I don't think we'll we'll ever hear it again moving forward. Yeah, I, uh, I you know I I, I think um, I think that's pretty accurate, Sean. Well, I mean, I, I would certainly hope uh, that that Matt's right as far as that data point. I mean, obviously, as Notre Dame fans, we've been tired of that. Like, well, you don't have the conference title game. Like, how do you win any tiebreakers? How do you do? And, it, and it's always been absurd to me when you're looking at, yeah, we don't have a 13th game, but we have four against top 25 teams and they're all wins. And, you know, you're trying to defend not having a title game. And now, like, 
in a situation where Ohio State needed a title game to just have a number of games to even begin making an argument and then to, like, get in uh, d- despite um, – despite all the years where it's like, well, that team's not playing on championship Sunday or, well, that team only played nine games or, you know, whenever there were strange situations, they had a hard time getting these teams in. Uh, so for, for a team to be three, four, five wins behind, and I get it's a weird season. I get that it's COVID, it's a pandemic, you know, people are getting sick. And was Ohio State's team sick? No, but they play in a conference that set them up to fail uh, wound up breaking their own rule for Ohio State, which it didn't sound like they were going to do for Wisconsin. And had they opened that up to Wisconsin earlier in the year, maybe there were some players that you know could have been cleared or, or could have been quarantined more. Uh, but once they didn't have it as an option, you don't know how Wisconsin handled their situation once that was done. They had a handful more games that were canceled that maybe they would have found a way to play. So, so if I'm if anybody's upset, I mean, obviously A and M's got to have a gripe with this. Um, but I would say Wisconsin out of the woodwork, how they're not, I don't know if it's just because they're very proud to be in the big 10 and they're just happy to get whatever share of this pie they're getting. But, um, but it's baffling to me that we haven't heard more out of, uh, out, out of Wisconsin, uh, than we have, uh, as far as the final four, the, um, I'm kind of with Matt. I, I thought, um, for me, it was, uh, between Ohio state and A&M and, uh, and I believe Jim, I was talking to you, uh, earlier in the week. And, and I said, if I have a vote based on that lack of a resume of Ohio state and one, what I'd say as a semi-quality win, you want to call Indiana one great. Um, but without that ability to have played those other four games and not having to like deal with the fatigue and maybe make a mistake prepping for a game and overlooking some, like there's no risk of that when you're not playing enough games. And um, for A&M to have come through what, what the BCS playoffs and all the rankings have always told me is the toughest division in college football. It's the toughest conference. Everyone there is good despite their record. They're all quality wins. If that's the case, then they have a stronger resume than Ohio State. So there's a couple things here that that, that I don't and, – and, Matt, I'm, I'm going to disagree about the, the lack of games. I think once it gets back to everybody playing about the same number, we're going to hear it again. I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah, because obviously Notre Dame is not going. They're going to be back to being independent next year. So, yeah, and I would, I would, I don't know. I would love to figure out a way if Ohio State can get into the Final Four um, with half as many games. Maybe a Notre Dame can get into the ACC title game playing half their schedule in the ACC. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a way to do it, uh, or just say, hey, you know what, your conference isn't that great. Why doesn't the winner just play Notre Dame? Or, uh, and then, you know, and, and, you know, cause we've, we've seen this year we, it's proven and I think we're you're gonna, scheduling like a random game. Yeah. Like I think we've seen that, that these, that scheduling, you know, cause <laughs> Notre Dame announced their two game series with Ohio state back in what it was like 2011. That series is in like 2023 and 2024. I feel like those days are, are, uh, you know, you're still going to have those, but I feel like overall the, that, that, that landscape is changing because we saw, Coastal Carolina and uh, who was it? Um, BYU come together uh, in in a matter of days. So mm-hmm. why couldn't Notre Dame after they finish if 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 they finish eleven and zero, or twelve, you know, and 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 there's a UCF or a Coastal Carolina and both or Cincinnati like Cincinnati sitting, uh, you know, just a couple spots out and there or in this year's case Texas A and M who doesn't have the SEC title game, 
Why can't Notre Dame and Texas A&M get on the phone with each other and say, I'm not totally sure who's, you know, if we're going to make the playoff, why don't we play this upcoming week? Why can't that happen? Yeah, and I, I think it's an interesting question, and, and, and I hope that the NCAA is open to it. I think you're going to have to look at, like, conference rules. Uh, I know, like, you know, if that's all of a sudden allowed, it, it can't be something that the NCAA or the SEC or the Big Ten field takes away from their title game. If getting to that title game is like a reward and a tiebreaker, then then teams that are earning that, your Ohio States and your Alabamas and the teams that get that benefit most of the years are going to have a major problem if the teams that just miss can have the same number of games. And then the committee's got to decide how are we going to count that game if if we're supposed to use a championship game as a tiebreaker. I mean, the only real solution would be the championship game's no longer a tiebreaker. It's just you have an extra game, but but I don't know. I mean, I'm all for it because I'd, I'd like to watch extra football. I do feel like it's going to affect a lot of conversations, and I'm not sure uh, with the NCAA and its uh, Looney Bird sense of uh, cha- ever-changing rules uh, is going to let that fly. But um, in extreme circumstances like a canceled game, I don't see them having any problem with it. Yeah, Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, to clarify and say that people wouldn't say that Notre Dame – shouldn't be knocked for the data <laughs> point and they said they shouldn't um, but but we all but I know, think we're gonna hear it yeah we all know that, they, that they um but yeah i mean i'm not totally opposed to to in the future us just getting that extra game um you know playing a team like that uh you know when you have kind of those uh power five schools or, or the g5 schools that probably won't make it in unless they have a signature win like that like let Notre Dame kind of answer that question like UCF years ago um who thought that they should have been in despite not playing anyone by the way is getting pummeled by BYU right Right. yeah (laughs) now yeah UCF was the was having a down year uh you know this year obviously was was Cincinnati I think is the team in question so I'm curious to see I forget what bowl game they got into but I'm curious to see, you know, what they do because that's always been the thing is when these group of five schools that say, we deserve to be in, we deserve to be in, and then they get to a bowl game and they get throttled. And it's like, right. that's why you didn't get in. And, and the, I'm not trying to slight them, but th- that's what happens. And I think what we saw on Sunday when Cincinnati, right, wrong, or indifferent, that, that, that this is an argument for a different day. Cincinnati's at seven. What, if, if there was going to be a year that a group of five team was going to get in, it was going to be this one. And the fact that they were sitting at seven, they're not even in the conversation. No, no, they're not. So I think what it proves is under the current four-team system, unless they, unless a, no, lot no of t- a lot of teams at the top, every team at the top has at least one loss, they're not getting in. You know, and so again, right, wrong, or indifferent, but, but that that's, to me, that's just, Cold hard fact at this point. Well, yeah, and and I mean to the committee's, um, I guess defense and, and and with putting them out and not really allowing them in. I'm like, when you're talking about a four, I, a lot of people go back and they're like, well, remember when Boise State, you know, got their shot and you know before the playoff and they got to play Oklahoma. It's like it's one thing to prepare hook and ladders and and trickery and statues of liberty to like, hey, we're here, we got nothing to lose, one game, like. It's not one game anymore. No. Like, you have to win two really, really big ones. And it's not, you know, 
you know, back when it was like all the bowl games, I mean, you were talking about your major bowl games. It was more than three games. You were looking at like your four major bowls and a national title game. So you're looking at a total of 10 teams. So you were going to have the opportunity to play like uh, – I'm not saying Oklahoma wasn't better than Boise no, State. And that like, year. let's be honest too that that game but like you're not playing Alabama in that game. No, that game uh, it was the 07 Fiesta Bowl. It was uh, 11 and 0 Boise State, who was uh, like you know eighth or ninth in the country, right. and they played a 11 and one Oklahoma team that was seventh or eighth. That's not the best team in the country. No, at you're that not. Point. You're not playing even one of the top five. So my point is, if you're playing the number one team, it's going to be a lot different. And and you know, kind of alluding back to the extra game thing, maybe the 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 pitch that you're selling to the NCAA doesn't have to just be a Notre Dame rule. Um, and and the only way you could do it without affecting conferences, maybe it's as simple as saying if you play in a conference that doesn't have a championship game, and there's not many of them, or you're an independent. Maybe that's the first pitch is like, instead of saying, can we on the fly schedule a game, pitch it as like, can we just schedule an extra game? Like, is there a chance? Yeah. But it's like, who do you, do you give up your bye week then? Like, like how, I mean, there's a lot of question marks there, but maybe it's as simple as saying you're not limited to 12 games or whatever the number is. Um, if you don't have a conference title game available to you, you could schedule an extra game, and maybe Notre Dame makes that their Navy game, uh, or their like like a military game, like an independent something like that, uh, and then they get a chance to schedule another maybe another ACC team uh, in the middle of a schedule or something else. Yeah. Uh, so, so that that would be my argument. If, I, if I'm Notre Dame, and you know I, I speak with the the heads of Notre Dame a lot. They got the dean on speed dial. Of course, uh, the athletic director. You know, I, uh, we, we should have him on one of these weeks. I'll, I'll yeah, tell yeah. you. We'll, we'll just get. I'll, I'll have him give you. I'll have him give you a call. My yeah. people call your people. Uh, but I know that they're listening in. And and my advice to you is, don't ask the N, the, the NCAA for the golden ticket. The like, let us just do whatever we want because they're not going to fly. They already think you get what you want. Right. Uh, and you do because you know Notre Dame, and you should. Uh, but um, Notre Dame's been slighted enough times that that's in no way true. Uh, but um, but that's maybe the argument is just ask for an extra game that we can schedule ahead of time to make up for that if that's a big tiebreaker. But um, but yeah, going forward, I just um, I think the big slip up there is, and and I talked about I said there was no way that I thought in the fi- in the four teams that Notre Dame wasn't going to draw Clemson in the first round. I thought they had a perfect opportunity to schedule the bully game because if Notre Dame's kind of a week, if half the country thinks Notre Dame doesn't belong there, like make them play in, make them prove it. Be like, all right, look, you lost one real bad. You won one close one, um, beat Clemson, and you get to go to the title game. And I thought they had the opportunity because Ohio State was also like, well, do they belong here? Like, is it whatever? Maybe A&M. And so it was really easy to be like, well, if Clemson's two, then you put Notre Dame three and you let the other two fight it out for, you know, um, whereas if Alabama had somehow lost to Florida, I talked to you about, they had the opportunity to say, well, now Ohio state's three, they'll still play Alabama. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, put, put Clemson uh, at one. one Clemson for Notre Dame. Yeah. They had the opportunity, uh, based on where things were going into that sec title game to set up Clemson, Notre Dame, either way. Um, and the fact you're not going to see the bully game, uh, unless it's in a title game is kind of a shame, but. You know, we got one more game. That's so, the yeah. bottom line. Like, okay, so the three of us are Notre Dame fans. Yeah. So let's before we get to to the pickums for for some of the bowl games uh, this this week. Um, <laughs> how do we feel? 
because like we, I feel like we we've we've been in this spot before. Like I felt like Saturday was going to be different, and then for me, I felt like the moment that my stomach turned and I knew that it wasn't was when we had uh, we had the interception. It came down and missed the field goal, and I'm like, I have seen this game many times. <laughs> Um, and you know, and it obviously it never got better from there. Now, now we're staring down uh, an Alabama team, which, you know, we, we were talking last week, Sean, you and I, that we weren't totally sold that Alabama was the best team in the country. I think they're susceptible, uh, in their defensive backfield. I think they're susceptible, um, in the middle of the field with their linebackers. I mean, they have a really solid pass rush, but, we saw them up big in that game against Florida, and then Florida came back. And if, if you have five, six, seven minutes more in that game, I'm not entirely sure Alabama finishes that game victorious because Florida was marching back. So would you rather have had Clemson for the third time and, and just hope that – I mean, either way, I think we're the, the three of us are hoping that – what happened on Saturday was an anomaly as opposed to the rest of the season because, you know, regardless of, of Trevor Lawrence not playing in that first game, Notre Dame was a completely different team in that game in South Bend than they were on Saturday. Defensively, offensively, in the trenches, all of it. It, it looked like a completely different team. And then against North Carolina, and I'm not suggesting North Carolina is anywhere near what Clemson, Alabama are. You know, but we struggled at first. We settled down, and we ended up pummeling one of the better offenses in college football. So, you know, we're obviously hoping it's anomaly. But Matt, Sean, do do we do we hope or do we are we happier getting Alabama than we were with Clemson, or, or how do we feel? Matt, we'll, we'll start with you. How do you feel about this game? For me, I saw we were, it opened up at a seventeen points, and maybe I'm just being pessimistic, so I don't get my hopes up again. I just hope we keep it close. <laughs> I think that's kind of the goal. Um, I, I thought going into Clemson, I, I was under the impression we were going to lose a close game to Clemson. Okay. And for all intents and purposes, we probably should have lost a close game. The missed chip shot um, and then the, the next series where we go on fourth and it just hits him in the hands, that was my moment where I was like, this is it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's that's points we're just leaving on, off, the, off the board there. So, um, you know, we still probably lose by about 10, 14 if we're, if, you know, we don't mess up right there. But I mean, it, I thought it was going to at least be a respectable game. So um, with that being said, if we want to believe that this is the year Notre Dame can do it, they were going to have to go through Alabama anyway. So um, we might as well just take our licks early, in my opinion. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say, yes, we're going to win, but sure, we could. Um, so I think my my hopes in this aren't super high. I'm just kind of happy that they're there. They made it. I thought they deserved to make it. Um, if nothing else, like it's the, the players on that team earned a spot to see if they can hang with Alabama. If they can't, then they can't, but they deserve to be there. We'll see what they do. Yeah, when it came to when it came to Notre Dame or or A and M playing Alabama, we already know that A and M doesn't hang with Alabama. They proved that. Yeah. Um, I I don't think. I here's the thing. I for me, I don't I don't think either semifinal game is going to be that close. Unfortunately, I think I think this is a year where 
you could I, I think you should have given Notre Dame Ohio State and you should have given a best of three between Clemson and Alabama. But Sean, where are you at as a Notre Dame fan uh going into this one? Oh, we lost you. That's all right. Yeah. I had uh, I had muted myself uh to not make a not to make an ass of myself while talking <laughs> or doing something while Matt was saying, and then I made an ass of myself by then trying <laughs> to talk while the mic was still muted. Um, moral of the story: uh, Don't try not to make an ass of myself. It's going to happen either way. <laughs> so I need to just stop trying to play that facade. Anyway, um, far as the uh, far as the game goes, um, I'm going to jump to A and M's defense for a quick second um, and just kind of throw it out there that. Uh, first of all, no two games, whether against the same team or not, are the same. True. Um, so, to, so you know, if I'm a and and I'm sure their coach has tried to get this out to the media, just because we didn't hang with them at the beginning of the season doesn't mean we couldn't right now. And I think they're playing – the difference between them and a lot of other teams is they're playing better now uh, than they were uh, when they played Alabama. I'll give them and that. And to be fair, if Notre Dame's two games against Clemson were reversed, we would have come into this second game and people would have said, well, you've already proven you can't hang with Clemson. Uh, the first game we showed we did. So uh, two very different games. Now, I know quarterbacks were different, but personnel are different on both those teams anyway. So to A&M's defense, um, take the licks, take them in stride, win your bowl game, finish with one loss, end up in the top five, and come back and do it again next year. far as Notre Dame, um, I agree with you. That, that drive down. Now, in my opinion, uh, inside the 10-yard line, I thought the play calling was a little suspect Trying after that turnover. I thought it was a huge opportunity to take an early lead and kind of start getting the other team to go, like, maybe Trevor Lawrence isn't a big difference. You know, maybe this defense, to get that early turnover and, like, start rocking momentum your direction was huge. And so because of that, I'm not sure. Play calling aside, I, I still think they should have thrown the ball sooner inside the 10 instead of just trying to run up the middle against arguably one of the best defensive fronts in college football as if, like, the Cowboys are just running Zeke up the middle of Fletcher Cox all day, which they can feel free to do when we play him. That's fine. Um, but um, it doesn't work. So I, I thought there was a lot of bad, but even on fourth down, I don't care if it's fourth and a full 10. I, I, I feel like when you're that close, an opportunity, worst case you're handing, because if you go for it and you show confidence in your offense and you say, we're going for six because we know how important that six is. And if we don't, well, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to go the other way. I don't think handing the ball back to Trevor Lawrence um, from that distance uh, is nearly as debilitating to Notre Dame if it was after a failed fourth down as it was after missing a field goal. And I'm not sure making the field goal really changes a lot as far as Clemson going. Thank Probably God. not. You know what I mean? Like, even if you make that and it's only six points, like Clemson still feels like it's a win and they just go down the field. Maybe they take a one-point lead, you know, instead right. of a four-point. Sure. So it's not – like it, it changes a lot. I would have gone for it. Um, hindsight is what it is. I think there was a lot of poor play calling, and I think as the game went on, the play calling got even more boring because I think Brian Kelly was with me, that he thought Clemson's coming again. I'm not giving anything away. Um, let's just get him the next time around, and let's go play Alabama. Because so let's, let's be fair. Clemson had to win. To be fair. Clemson had to win. Notre Dame had to. didn't. They were playing four quarters no right. matter what the score was. Like Notre Dame, you know, and 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 yeah, maybe there was a point. Maybe there well, was, you Clemson know. Clemson wasn't going to turn off the Jets because Alabama hadn't played yet. Right. So there was still the opportunity they could try to sell themselves as number wins one. in a close, ugly-looking game, maybe they get a chance to be the number one. And depending who's there, you know, maybe Notre Dame's out. Maybe it's A&M. You want to play the four. 
Like, you know, you wanted to make sure you weren't drawing Alabama. Like, if Alabama right, somehow lost, they weren't going to fall all the way to four. Because a and had a big win over over Tennessee. Now, I get Tennessee yeah. finished, you know, three and seven or whatever it was. But, like, you know, it was – it was no it better was, than Northwestern. Right. It was a big margin. And, you know, yeah, maybe there's that argument there that, uh, you know, A&M jumps in and maybe the committee finally thinks that A&M is better than – because Ohio State was a 20-and-a-half point favorite and they won by 11. So – yeah, maybe there's an argument that you know, we can't not put them in, but yeah. maybe they go for us. So, yeah, Clemson oh. had to win. Notre Dame didn't. And maybe there's a point where they go, all right, let's go in preseason mode. And let's just go easy. Yeah, and I think the the big difference between a Trevor Lawrence Clemson and, and a not Trevor Lawrence Clemson, that freshman had a, a, a ton of skill, has a great mm-hmm. arm, uh, obviously threw for 400 yards against us, sure. did pretty well. Um, the big difference, though, is when you're playing against Trevor Lawrence and you saw it this weekend – is what he does for that team is when you don't capitalize on Clemson's mistakes and you start making them yourself, you're going to get away with it a lot less times with Trevor Lawrence at the helm right. than you are with um, anyone else. So, I and I and unfortunately for Notre Dame, Alabama, that's Alabama. Yeah, like Clemson with Trevor Lawrence is what Alabama is all the time. Like you're oh yeah, you have to play a perfect game. They're going to give much. you the ball. Like if they're just going to go here, you got to here at the fifty yard line. Go ahead and do what you want with you gotta it. Got to get seven. You better find a way to score. I don't care if it takes you two fourth down conversions to get it in the end zone. You <laughs> better figure out how to do it because Nick Saban is not going to make that mistake a second time. Um, and unlike other years, I I don't, I don't think you know other years where you know Clemson shocked the world. The other year won the national title over Alabama. Um, and people said, wow, Clemson is better than Alabama. Because the whole year, nobody thought anybody could be better than Alabama. And this year, I think there's still kind of that mentality. This year, I think that's correct. Yeah. I feel like Alabama is pound for pound and top to bottom better than Clemson this year. I think Clemson's younger. I, I, I You don't have quite the same. The defense is still good, but their secondary is a little more beatable. I, I, I think the, the, the actual pass rush um, – isn't quite as good. It's still very good, as Ian Book could attest to. Um, but um, but it's, it, it's, it's not quite that presence that you felt down in the swamp, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, years past. And when Deshaun Watson played there, that defense was disgusting. Um, they're still a very good team. Sure. Um, but I would have much rather played the bully against them only because now you're rolling in – because to get – the bully match it's someone you've seen twice right you know what you have have held some things back from with an opportunity to play again and you got a chance to take a win and roll it into Alabama with a little bit of confidence right now Brian Kelly is fighting to find the confidence on his team and find out where the wins are because Ian Book looked awful Ian Book looked like Ian Book that we've known for three years Ian Book we've been afraid of showing up all year yeah showed up in the worst possible spot for him to Ab- show up. It's not all his fault. No, not not a, there not were at times, all. You know, drop passes that that weren't necessarily his fault and and some play calling that wasn't his fault and yada 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 game script whatever you want to say. But Brian Kelly better find a way early against Alabama to get him comfortable whether it's screen passes, runs, whatever he I would ask Ian Book, what kind of plays do you want to run? I'm not going to guarantee it every draw every play of the first few drives but we're going to sprinkle him in because I want him to feel as comfortable as possible. Even if you fall down by two scores, I want him to know that you have his back. Otherwise, 
uh, he's just going to crumble into the Ian book that we know. And I'd like him to get a chance to kind of vault into the NFL draft. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's as good of a draw. I, I, I mean, I know you got to play him either way, and you know that's the way it crumbles now. Uh, but I much rather would have had an opportunity to play a team we know a little better and try to roll that into into Alabama because uh, right now the tide's rolling. Um, yeah, I, not as I, strong as we used to seeing, but I know of the four of the other three teams in there. There, if I was Nick Saban, I'd, I, you know. I don't want to say it about my own team, but I know he's probably fairly grateful that he drew Notre Dame and not the other two. I mean, I've, I've heard you comment on the play calling, Sean. Are you, are you saying that the extensive, exhaustive search that they did to find coordinator in Tommy Reese maybe could have spent a little bit more time, like, looking at resumes? Yeah, maybe. Probably would have been, you know. We've done it before, you know, QB coaches, D-backs, other you know, things where you bring in a guy. But, like, I'm not saying Reese. I, I think I think Tommy Reese years. has actually done a pretty damn good job this year drawing up plays, for the most part. There's been I a, would think so. But I think, like, in this big of a situation, and unfortunately for Tommy Reese, in big situations as a player, he also <laughs> tended to go a little bit safe and simple, and it cost us some games. So it's not a surprise that as a coordinator he starts jumping to safe and simple, like run up the middle, don't mess this up, let's at least get three. Like those kind of mentality, like there's two different mentalities. And I don't think the, the speed of the game now plays to that old mentality of like, well, let's play it safe. Sure, You have to take risks, especially when you're arguably an underdog. And by Vegas's books, uh, definitely an underdog. Um, you got to take some risks. You got to push some buttons. You got to see what that lever does. And I don't think we did any of that um, on Saturday. Well, I mean, Tommy's good at calling plays for Ian Book because they're the exact same quarterback. <laughs> well, except that uh, Ian, Ian can run. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, he. It, uh, Tommy, Tommy Reese had had feet of a cinder block. There were cinder blocks on the bottom of his legs. Yeah, he he, you know, he like Peyton Manning and. Uh, Tom Brady have very similar. I would like to see the three of them run a race. Right, yeah, that Dude, would be fantastic. Has to be younger than both of them. That's. I think he still loses <laughs> to the two of them. Probably. To Reese's credit, I mean, he took more chances than I think I've ever seen Ian Book take, which is why his turnovers were more. But they both have the same limitations. <laughs> but you saw the Wisconsin game. Book, uh, Book was on the move. Book was throwing to some receivers that. Sometimes we're a little more covered than I thought, but he was making the throws and he was taking some chances. And mm -hmm. yeah, he was risking making a mistake, but there's a point where like that has to happen. You know, we were down right. points late and he put together a drive and whether it was Reese calling it, whether it was Kelly, whether it was things at the line of scrimmage, I don't know, but book looked great. That's the book I want to read. Yeah. I don't want to read the book that was put on the field this weekend. <laughs> yeah. That book sucked. Put book back in the playbook. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let, let's hit. I, I picked four bowl games uh, through this week uh, that we're gonna pick. We'll go. We'll go a little rapid fire. Uh, yeah, we, on, got, we got a little long winded. That's okay. Um, but Sean, I was three and four uh, last week for a thirty-one and twenty-three overall in college football. You went two and five, thirty-three and twenty-one. So. I am really thought I also went three and four. There no. was one I missed that I did not know I missed. Yeah. Um, so it's I am, I'm starting to close that gap a little bit, but I have the, uh, the Camellia bowl, uh, seven and two Marshall taking on five and one Buffalo three point, uh, favorite 53 and a half. This one on Christmas day at two 30, 
uh, in the afternoon on ESPN. Um, I like Buffalo. They got that running back. I'm going to take them plus, and I'm going to go over. Uh, Matt. Yeah, I mean, for, for a while, I saw a few people on Twitter say Buffalo is the top team in the country, so um, it's <laughs> kind of hard to pick against them. Um, I definitely think they cover that spread for sure. Uh, what was the over-under on that one? Uh, 53 and a half. Yeah, we'll go over. Sean, how about you? I don't know. People tell you it's about Buffalo, but the other week, you and I took – last week, you and I took them. We both took them. I know, and they got they got smacked around by no, Ball I State. Did say that Ball State could win that game, and I probably should have just taken them, would have even that playing field. But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Marshall's seven and two. They beat. They have great wins like UMass and Florida Atlantic. Just make the pick, Sean. <laughs> I'm gonna take Buffalo. I'm gonna take the over. All right, thank you. Then we go. Cut me off because I was going to keep going. <laughs> I know. Then we go to the Lending Tree Bowl. We got Western Kentucky six and six versus Georgia State five and four. They are three and a half point favorite. Fifty one and a half uh, is your over under here. This one uh, on Saturday three thirty on ESPN. Um, Georgia State. I have no idea why, uh, but I'm going to go Georgia State uh, to cover, and I'm going to go under because why not, Sean? Yeah, uh, looking through the teams here, Georgia State scores a lot of points, uh, gives up very little. I'm going to also go with Georgia State to cover. Uh, I'm going to take the over, though. All right, Matt? Yeah, I think uh, Georgia State is one that um, I picked in my confidence pool. So I didn't assign a ton of points to them, um, but I definitely picked them. So I got to keep with that here, Um, not covering the spread. All right. Under. All right. And then we go to the first responder bowl. We got the Raging Cajun, the Louisiana nineteen number nineteen team in the country. They are nine and one and a fourteen point home favorite against uh, the University of Texas at San Antonio. Uh seven and four. Uh, 57 and a half is your over under this one Saturday, three thirty on ABC. Um, you know, I'm bummed out. We we never got to see the uh the Raging Cajuns versus Coastal Carolina. I think that one would have been a lot of fun. Uh, fucking COVID got us on that one. Uh, but we'll go with uh, the Raging Cajuns uh, to continue this thing rolling. I'll take them even to cover the 14, and I'm going to go over because there's going to be a lot of points. Sean? Yeah, anytime you get a chance to pick a team called the Raging Cajuns, I'm going to take it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about the Roadrunners, which is still pretty good. It's a pretty good team name. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, give me uh, give me the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, uh, and I'm going to roll with you. I'd like to mix this up more, but uh, but I'm going to take the over with. I'm going to start making. I'm going to have you make the pick first. <laughs> so, go ahead. I feel like you're uh, you're just you're keeping yourself safe here, uh, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah, Raging Cages is one of those teams. Um, I did the college pick them a couple of years ago, and I would have Lauren pick for me just because I was doing so horribly. <laughs> so I just give her the mascot names and Raging Cages and the Horned Frogs. For the two that she always picked, so always, always classic. Cajuns here uh, to cover and over. All right, and then we go with the Cure Bowl. Uh, Liberty nine and one uh, versus number twelve Coastal Carolina. They're eleven and zero, seven point favorite. Uh, Fifty nine and a half. This one at seven thirty on Saturday night uh, on ESPN. Um, why would I pick against Chanticleers at this point? Uh, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna keep going with them. I'm gonna take them to cover. And uh, I'll go over because I just feel like mullet power in a bowl game. Why not, Matt? 
Uh, yeah, I like Coastal Carolina um, to cover, but under on that. All right, Sean. What's the spread? Uh, 59 and a half. Not over under the spread. You got it at six. Oh, I got seven. It at six. I got it at seven. My bad. All right. So seven points. I love everything about the Chanticleers. <laughs> but I also would like to point out that Liberty was one point uh, from uh, a, a one point loss from uh, against NC State from being undefeated this year. Uh, I think Liberty had a chance to kind of be one of those teams that's ranked. And I'm kind of, frankly, based on who they played and, and how good people thought they were, that they aren't ranked. So I am going to give you your chance to gain another game. I am going to take Liberty, not necessarily to win, but to cover that immense seven-point spread and what I feel is a game that somehow Vegas feels they have figured out. <laughs> I think they're just trying to prevent the run on the mullets. Uh, so um, I think it's going to be close, and I think Vegas knows it's going to be close. Uh, I'm going to take the over with you. It's going to be a shootout, uh, but I think it's going to be less than seven, so I'm going to take Liberty to cover. All right, very good. We're going to pause here. We are going to hear about Arena Eats. Again, thank you to the crew uh, for jumping on with us earlier in the show. Uh, make sure you check them out at arenaeats.app. But we're going to hear from them. We're going to hear from NGSC Sports on the other side. We're going to talk the Eagles quarterback situation and, uh, and hockey and the NBA are back as well. So stick with us. Huddle up live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back, Huddle Up Podcast. We are live Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We hope that uh, you're having a good Christmas week. Obviously, we're just, oh, what a great picture, Sean. Oh, man. That is a fantastic picture. If you're not, if you're only listening to the audio of this, you got to go to the video on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and find this moment you see uh, Sean and his son there. That's, uh, that is a fantastic picture. All right, I got you unmuted now, Sean. We're at the 55-minute mark. If you're looking to find it, there you the go. Video. Yeah, there what you go. a what a fantastic picture. Well, uh, well done. I miss my little buddy, man. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So, you know, you guys, Eagles fans, I obviously am not. <laughs> um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen, um, you know, the change at quarterback. We talked about back when it was going to happen, if it was going to happen. 
now that it has happened, we have a couple of games. We've seen Jalen Hurts uh, at the helm. And the Eagles, by all accounts, look like a much different team, much better team. Um, the play calling looks different. I'm not saying it is by no means is this just a Carson Wentz issue. Like, I'm not I'm not one of those people. I think those people are out of their fucking minds. Um, but, we, we, you know, with that, you know, we saw the report on Sunday that if uh, if the Eagles are going to continue with Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. There's a report that Carson Wentz uh, once out of Philadelphia. Um, first off, let, let, let's 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 start with that because I've seen the reaction from some Eagles fans that are you know are are you know fuck Carson and he's selfish and blah 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 and fuck him, let him leave, blah blah blah. Like it just feels like you know, and and, and maybe this is an outsider's perspective because I mean I, I live in Pennsylvania, but I'm obviously not an Eagles fan. But this just feels like such an odd take and how quickly it went from, uh, you know, because being a Cowboys fan, the argument was like, you know, Carson's like a top five, top seven guy, top seven quarterback, so much better than Dak, this and that. And just how quick that switch got flipped to fuck this guy, let him leave. And I'm going like, I, I don't and I'm not necessarily saying he has to be their quarterback, but it it's amazing to me how quick that change came uh from a fan base. I don't know which one of you two wants to take this one first. You could fight fight that out amongst yourselves. But it it, it feels like just such an odd <laughs> it feels like such an odd thing, man. It just I feel like they went so it, it went so quick. Go ahead, I, I'll let Tom go first. Jim, are you new here? <laughs> you do not know Philly sports? How is this odd to you like at all? Yeah, I mean, welcome to Philadelphia, where where the most popular athlete in the city is whoever's number two in the QB depth chart. Uh, so, if anything, maybe Carson Wentz wants to sit there for a little while, <laughs> wait for the struggle, the first sign of struggle from the, the first young like kid. two interception game from Hertz, and Carson's like, yeah, throws like two picks against Dallas. <laughs> right, it could happen this week. Halftime. Um, it's an interesting situation. It's a bizarre one. You know, I'm a member of a few Eagles fan groups on Facebook, and, you know, I got people sharing quotes that I'm not even sure are real uh, about, you know, how Carson Wentz is making this much money. Jalen Hurts would be the least paid quarterback next year. Makes it a no-brainer going forward. And I'm like, yeah, except that Carson Wentz costs you almost $30 million on the cap each of the next two years, even if he's not on your roster. Uh, now, I don't know um, – you know, all the ins and outs of like, can you lose some of that in a trade? I know that uh, it's 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 not very – I know if you cut them, you're definitely on the hook for all of it, uh, at least from a cap perspective. Right. So you can't do that. Um, and I think, in my opinion, the only way that a trade works is if the piece you're getting, the the maybe there's a team with a similar situation at a different position. Maybe you have a, a stud uh, linebacker or lockdown corner – that you're overpaying, it's not working out for your system, uh, and you're willing to eat some cap money to ship him. So, like, maybe whatever you're spending on Wentz uh, on another roster, you can in your mind say, well, we're actually using that on this player. Uh, so I'm hoping that that scenario plays itself out. Uh, but I don't see that just walking in your front door. Um, so I think there's a good chance both these quarterbacks are on the roster again next year. Um, so – you got to figure out how the dynamic's going to look. And, and you know, I, I don't think coming out of the end of the year that Wentz is definitely 
in a backup role next year. Um, I, I think it's going to come down, you know, they're going to say it comes down to camp and it comes, but you better be able to prove that camp to your fans and the media, or it's going to be a storm sure. against again um, when he starts week one. So I don't know. I think you're going to have, they're going to be fighting it out in the preseason. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if come next year, you see him kind of alternating quarters or alternating series through most of the first four uh, phony games uh, just to see what happens. But Right now, I mean, there's not much Wentz can do, and there's not much Peterson can do. I mean, you threw you threw Hertz in there. He had a, a decent day his first game, um, found a way to win, and in a game that they should have won um, against Arizona, were it not for some early game mistakes, um, looked real good uh, against yeah. Arizona, who I think is a top half NFL defense. I don't think they're in the top ten necessarily. No, they're, they're a solid they're unit, a though. Half defense. They have. A I mean, any defense that's throwing Patrick Peterson and some of the pass rush guys they have up front at you, it's not a slouch defense. Um, and they have one of the better safeties in the league as well. So I don't – um, uh, I, I think it's like you said, there's a bit of a spark. Some of it may be play calling. I, th- I think things look more inventive for Hertz. I don't know if that's a, a Wentz not feeling comfortable situation. I don't know if it's a coach not feeling comfortable in Wentz situation. But I don't think there's a lot that Jalen Hurts can do other than gallop at full speed that Wentz also cannot do. Right. I feel like from an inside-the-pocket and a passing situation, and when you're talking arm strength, Hurts doesn't have the same arm strength as Carson Wentz. So if you're asking him to make throws – now you're at the end of the year. Alshon Jeffrey, whether it be Hurts just likes him or he's finally healthy, <laughs> that would have been a huge boost for most of those games that Carson Wentz played to have him. Sure. You have two tight ends again, not just one and a half. Um, you have, uh, um, presumably and what looks like a healthy Miles Sanders. Uh, so you have a lot of pieces in play. Uh, maybe that was the goal to wait to unleash Hertz until he had the weapons to feel comfortable. But then at that point, why are you waiting that long to pull Carson Wentz? who you just paid a hundred million. Why wouldn't you see what he can do? Right. With the tools. So like, there's a lot of weird question marks at play. Um, but either way, the, 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 the play look all of a sudden Quez Watkins is, is, is active who's been a healthy scratch for half the year um, for our Sega Whiteside, by the way, most of those games who barely played snaps in any of them anyway, <laughs> Quez Watkins comes into the game, catches a, you know, a third or fourth down reception, 12 yards behind the first down line to gain and runs it uh, not only there, but all the way to the house for a, a, a touchdown. Uh, by the way, uh, keep that on your radar for a little later in the show. And um, um but, yeah, I, I just I, – I see a lot of these, and maybe it is what hurts. Maybe people are excited to play with the kid. I don't know. But the bottom line is maybe you know, maybe you got to shut the media up when there are all these questions, and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe Wentz is our guy. You should have just been more confident Wentz, given him the plays, asked him what he's comfortable doing, and then let him do it because you're clearly not holding anything back uh, from Hurts, and it, it looks more and more like they were holding things back from Wentz. Uh, so – I don't have an answer for you other than that Hurts is your quarterback through the end of the year as far as I'm concerned. Matt, I feel like you have thoughts. <laughs> Welcome to Philadelphia where you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today, and since I started like taking sports seriously as a fan, I can think of four Philadelphia athletes who were just beloved from their start to finish in Philadelphia. And were then, any of them quarterbacks? 
None of them were, surprisingly, right? Shocking. <laughs> and only one of them was actually a Philadelphia Eagle, and that was Dawkins. So I had Dawkins, wow. Butley, Halliday, and Iverson. Those are my four that the fans loved. Everyone else has just kind of been run out of town. I think the other Eagle you could say would be maybe a Reggie White. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Would be my other argument, but sure. Yeah, and you. that would be fair. Just because his time with Philly was short-lived, too. Yeah, that um, helped. Um, so what, what kills me is the, you know, the fans clamoring for Wentz to just kind of take his licks and sit on the bench. Like, why wouldn't a starter want to start football games? I mean, take a look at, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, who didn't like sitting on the bench at Alabama. So he transferred to Oklahoma, same mentality. Winners want to be in a position to win. So you can't knock someone for wanting to be in that position and for from what i've seen with Wentz on the sideline he looks like he's playing the part of backup quarterback i don't see him really pouting i see no. him kind of celebrating when they show him um talking to helping. i saw him working with him on the ipads and and, and doing everything else right. yeah he's he's doing his diligence sure so the eye test is he's doing the right things but i mean philly the fans and the media are going to see what they want to see. So it's just an unfortunate situation. I wouldn't blame him if he really did want to leave. Like Sean said, I don't know how possible that is financially. Um, so I do think next year we'll probably see them both in here. Um, and for all the, the grief I gave Notre Dame for their offensive coordinator search earlier, Philadelphia's was even worse because they don't even have an offensive coordinator. <laughs> nope. um, so when you have a guy in Doug Peterson who's proven throughout this season that he's not great at calling plays, that's probably going to be a problem for anyone who's trying to run an offense with a, a no-name coordinator. Um, so it, it looks a lot more inventive these last couple weeks. Um, maybe that is just let's try something new and exciting. Um, maybe people did just get healthy at the right time. It just kind of seems like there's two other people in higher positions than Carson Wentz who are also trying to save their jobs, and they're finally pulling out all the stops to make it happen. And that's oh, not giving not giving Wentz any packages of plays, though. I thought you know all season Hertz has been getting a play here and a play. They didn't sprinkle Wentz in at all. Were you surprised? You know, on a third and long, you don't just get the cannon of Carson Wentz in there. <laughs> Heave it, right. heave it over or, someone's head. Or on a, a third and one where Wentz is, what, like 98% successful at converting yes. those? also be a prime candidate. You know, but they're not going to do that, of course. And uh, yeah, like I mean, for me, and again, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't watch every Eagles game uh, from from start to finish. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not tuned in the same way to the Eagles that you guys are. But to me, it like it, 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 it never felt like, um, you know, like a Carson thing. Like I, I felt the the times that I saw the Eagles with Wentz under center, it 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 just felt like the offense was bland, predictable, uh, obvious things like that. I mean, any 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 of those bad adjectives that you can put on an NFL offense, and they've looked completely different over the past couple of weeks. And I I don't know if it's they feel more confident with Jalen Hurts moving around or, or or what it is, but but to me it, it feels like two very different offenses. It doesn't feel like it's the same team. It doesn't feel like it's the same offensive unit. So to that that that's from my perspective, it it seemed kind of baffling that. 
Um, that that they they've given Hurts opportunities that they haven't given to Carson Wentz, and and you know it, it, again, it may just be there. There's more confidence in certain aspects of the, of of the game. Um, but you know, yeah, I I I agree with you, Matt. I I wouldn't blame Carson Wentz if he's somewhere else, particularly a certain city in the middle of Indiana that has a head coach that he's very familiar with. He kind of knows, yeah. You know, he kind of knows that guy. And and let's be honest, they're probably going to need a quarterback after this year. Like, I just don't know. uh, Phil Brewer has to go back to his 38 kids. Yeah, I don't I don't. Those those 38 kids aren't going to feed themselves. He's got to make money. Well, that's true. He can back up Carson Wentz. Yeah, that'd be a great. Chad Henney's done it. Chad Henney's done it very well for his entire career. As a backup, still a backup, by the way. Um, well, it's Nick Foles, <laughs> exactly. Nick Foles. So, so Nick Foles. and it's and you know maybe maybe like oh crap, I gotta play. Yeah, like, like <laughs> the boys like, <laughs> goes out and wins, you know, four in a row and wins a Super Bowl. But Done. yeah, so I, I go back to the sidelines, please, coach. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't I don't know where Carson will be, but uh, I wouldn't blame him if if he does end up somewhere else, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously I'll, uh, see how that plays out uh, through the offseason. I hope he lights it up so that, um, yeah, and I say this so facetiously because they won't, but it would teach the Philly fans. Oh, yeah. No, and we, we've all had, you know, we've all had that like one guy that the, the fans oh, for our favorite coach in, the, in, in New England that would absolutely <laughs> kill. To have Carson, could you imagine Carson Wentz somehow winding up in New England? Uh, yeah, uh, that a Super Bowl? Mm, be awful. He'd love that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we've all had that like a player from time to time on one of our favorite teams that the uh, the fans of that city just do not appreciate. And if they go somewhere else, you always want them uh, to succeed. But we will uh, we will keep an eye uh, on that. All right, let's go to the NFL pickums here, guys. I I actually have five this week. Uh, but I'm only going to count four because one of them is going to just be way too obvious. I think you can figure out which one that is. Uh, but I was two and two last week. Sean's up thirty and twenty-five overall. You went three and one, so you are back in the lead at thirty-one, at thirty-one and twenty-four on uh, on the season. So uh, two weeks left for me to make up one game uh, and and take you over. But I just want to pause here. Uh, raise your hand if you are in at least one fantasy championship this weekend. Thank you. All right, we go to we go to Saturday at uh, eight. O'clock. Not watching. I did not raise my hand. <laughs> I, mean, I am in leagues with both of these cats. <laughs> I'm actually in two finals, but uh, and I'm afraid I'm I, I, well, I'm probably definitely gonna lose mine, which is the more disappointing one. Did you notice that in my league, where where Matt is in the finals, that this past week I outscored every other team by at least fifteen points. That's I noticed that. by a team full of dolphins the week before. <laughs> That's like the biggest thing. Sucks. That's the worst. I would rather my team just shat itself. See that? Time. That's why when when whenever I get eliminated, I yeah, bench yeah. all I bench all my players because I don't even want to know. Would have known. Well, no, it's because you don't know. Not, maybe if there's that, that would have looked at it and been like, "Wow, look how good!" I would have seen Justin Herbert do well. It's not like I needed to see. Well, that right, but you don't know if you would have put you know X or Y into that wide receiver three spot I to give you the. Have to check and lock rosters. 
<laughs> I have to go and like evaluate what's going on in the league. I'm going to notice like, wow, all these teams did not do near as well. Well, that's true. That's true. Players. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Saturday, 8, 8 15 uh, on the NFL Network. The 9 and 5 Dolphins. Uh, no longer able to win the uh, AFC East, but uh, still able to uh, make it to the playoffs. They're a three point favorite at the Las Vegas Raiders, 7 and 7, who have to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. 47 and a half uh, is your number. Again, 8 15 Saturday night on the NFL uh, Network. Um, you know the Raiders. The Raiders are one of the most baffling teams because they they beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. There's other weeks where they just look completely lost on that field. Uh, I've already seen people calling into question if John Gruden's going to be uh, back with the Raiders next year. I think cutting him loose is just. I mean, it would be a very Raiders decision. I don't think. I think, I think there's 80 million reasons why he probably will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I got the Dolphins here. I think they're cover. I think they're going to cover and win this game. Um, you know, I mean, Marcus Mariota looked good last week. I think he may be playing again this week, but um, the the Dolphins are, are looking iffy from what I've read. Uh, they said probably a 10 to 14 day. Timeline. Yeah, so he's so he's probably out. He's Harry Marcus Mariota. Yeah, but I just uh, I I think Miami just they they have a little bit more going, and, and I think that the, especially the defensive unit is going to continue to rise up uh, for the Dolphins. So Sean, we know how much you love the Dolphins and, and the things they've been doing this year. So we'll kick it to you first here. Yeah, the Dolphins. No surprise, Captain Dolphins, who I invited to listen to the podcast tonight, didn't listen to the podcast. I don't think I haven't seen any comments. Well, which... he couldn't reach the table to to hit play on the computer. So that's true. Um, no surprise. In the following week, started all the Dolphins again and put up a whopping eighty nine points. Uh, <laughs> in a, a I believe that was against you, Matt. I believe that's it was. Um, but you get to face the other, the last surviving member of the old crew in the old league uh, in. Um, my buddy Dan, who does listen to the show every now and again, so maybe he'll listen to it later in the week. So, Dan, I'm going to give you a shout-out. I'm not rooting for you against Matt, but I'm also not rooting for Matt against you because I'm not in it, so who gives a shit? I mean, let's just be fair. Alex can't win. We can't all win. win. Yeah, we all win. We all <laughs> win. Um, anyway, most of you listening don't know who Alex is. As for the pick, um, yeah, screw it. Uh, the Dolphins – should win by all intents and purposes. They have better defense. The Raiders are awful, but maybe Mariota's the spark. I'm going to take Mariota. I'm going to give you your opportunity here again. Um, and if it is Derek Carr, maybe an injured groin helps him throw better. I don't know. Um, Couldn't do any worse. I, I don't even know if I can finish the pick. I can't. I can't take the Raiders in this game. Well, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm flipping back. I'm going with the. Dolphins. Oh, you like, son of a bitch! I can't do it. I can't do it. If Mariota does it, guys. But, but by the way, the Mariota versus uh, Tua uh, uh, hype on that would be kind of entertaining. Um, you know, just based on uh, where they're from and you know their backgrounds and, and their styles of play, pretty entertaining. I expect a very similar day from both of them too. Less than 200 yards passing and a rushing score. By the way, Dolphins fans, if you lose, uh, you can blame Sean at Sean Shine State on Twitter for uh, for his for his flip flopping and ending up back on the Dolphins. Matt. Another reason to take them. <laughs> oh, under. Why not? Yeah, I, I'm still amazed that I won that game considering I benched Deshaun Watson for Jared Goff, who laid an egg against the fucking New York Jets. Well, I hope then, you uh, Two of my starting receivers in Keenan Allen and Juju Smith-Schuster combined for like 0. .63 points. 
and I was still able to to come away with a victory. So um, I'm as surprised as you are, Sean. I feel you I on that. I'm forward to knocking you off the top of the league, and I fully expect to outscore you this week, but Godspeed in your <laughs> effort. And uh, my other question then after I make my pick is when the when the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, Jim, were you on Twitter saying that the Chiefs were fraudulent? Because that's like the mm. one team that I don't have you. I don't. I know, yeah, I was gonna say. I know. I know you've been keeping track on me. I don't think. I. I don't think I had them as as fraudulent. Okay, so the Chiefs are still safe. The Chiefs are safe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank I, God. My Steelers. My Steelers. Uh, fraudulent. Goal. That's looking pretty solid right good. now. I figured, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. Like if you if you label just about everyone, you're gonna be right on somebody. So you know, I can at least I can go back and say I was right about the Steelers. You know, I disregard all the ones I was wrong about, but uh, yeah. I said um, Dolphins to to cover. Um, and what was this the over under spread on that? Uh forty seven and a half. Okay, I'll take the over on that. All right, then we go to uh, Sunday at one o'clock. Speaking of those fraudulent Steelers on CBS, uh, this one on Sunday it is the ten and four Colts. They are a two and a half point road favorite at eleven and three Pittsburgh. Uh, coming off uh, a, a pretty stunning loss last night to the Bengals, um, I have no I have no clue how to even predict this game because two fraudulent teams. two fraudulent teams. Your level of fraudulent may have <laughs> you may not have seen it. How much that you were like, yeah, they're fraudulent. We're gonna walk through this game, maybe finish with you. Oh crap, the Bengals! Oh, the Bengals! I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the hot hand though. The <laughs> Like you know, the uh, <laughs> who? Like what do you just? Anyway, I'm gonna go with uh, the, the the team that's been the hotter as of late. Obviously, I'm gonna go with the Colts to cover two and a half and win this game. Um, but I'm gonna go with the under. I don't. I don't. I certainly don't have any confidence in the Steelers' offense at this point. Uh, and I'm just waiting for uh, Philip Rivers to start throwing interceptions like he's handing out Christmas cookies. So, um, Matt. So here's the thing. I have one kid. Um, and she is one and a half years old. So buying and wrapping gifts for her took a lot of energy this year. So uh, to do it for 14 kids, um, I, Rivers might be a little wiped come Sunday. Um, it's still tough to pick the Steelers. I think ever since like their entire linebacking core went down, you kind of see them fall off. Um, and so that does suck for them. But if you have no running game and you have no run coverage game, you're not going to win a ton of games. So I'm, I'm going to take the Colts uh, to cover um, despite Rivers' hands being just filled with paper cuts. Um, <laughs> still taking them to win. All right, Sean, how about you? Philip Rivers has moxie, and he's got enough moxie to understand that he's not touching that wrapping paper. Uh, <laughs> Some somebody somebody's getting paid to do that real well, uh, and if he hasn't found anybody, I'm willing to fly. If he would like to fly me to whatever city I need to go to to wrap presents, um, I do a pretty nice job. They look really nice, and I'm willing to do it um, for. Um, we'll call it three quarters of whatever you were going to pay. I mean, I, I can do it. it. It looks like a blind T Rex wrapped your gifts, but I, I can still do it. He's not kidding. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> At least from with the pandemic, he could he could send me a gift and, and be like, well, it must have got damaged in the mail. Yeah, just, uh, you know, well, you, USPS. And that mail was him. It was damaged <laughs> by the mail. Exactly. Um, anyway, um, 
Yeah, Steelers are, are in a tailspin here. And, and uh, Matt alluded to the injuries on defense. And I don't know if that's uh, what it is or not, but they, they've struggled to stop the run. Giovanni Bernard had a really uh, um, not an over-effective day, but effective enough for Giovanni Bernard. And um, you're running into a Colts team that has a, a, a what is a red-hot Jonathan Taylor right now, um, you know, kind, kind of shredding things and, and – um, doing all the things that we're hoping he was going to be able to do when he took over from Marlon Mack full time. Yeah. So, all those things I was looking for him to do when I traded for him in your league. You unloaded Ezekiel Elliott for him. It's not like you lost that trade. Well, that's fair. And I also got a first round pick for an eighth round. So it's I still won. You got a first round pick <laughs> and unloaded the only running back more disappointing over the last six games than Jonathan Taylor. So I don't want to hear you whine about Jonathan Taylor another time. Secondly, uh, <laughs> There it goes. Lit him up. Um, yeah, it just it, it feels it feels like I should take the Steelers here because everybody now is turning. Like everybody's going with us. They're like, okay, they're not as good as we thought they were. They're not as good as they thought they were. Uh, but they're not as good as we thought they were. You're looking at a Ben Roethlisberger who now has his tenth interception on the year, uh, thirty touchdowns to ten. Still not a bad ratio, uh, but not the ratio for a team that's going to keep uh, tearing it up. I think the Colts need this game more to keep pace with the Titans. Um, but don't discredit the Steelers because the Browns are right on their heels. So uh, give me the Colts, though. I'm going to go with you. I I, I, I got to go with the the hot hand. I've, I've, I've been bashing, um, not bashing, but throwing Phillip Rivers' kid stat out there all week. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt, say he's going to win one for the kids, uh, and I will take the over. I think this one's going to be a little bit more shootout than people think it is. Um, and if you're looking for a sneaky fantasy play, um, look for Snell uh, running back for the Steelers. The Colts are not great against the run. All right. Uh, then we go to I'm not taking advice from you. You're not in any championship. <laughs> wow, man. Shots <laughs> fired. I can't pick him. It just means I couldn't get somebody to trade him to me. <laughs> um, all right. Then we go to uh, Sunday, 425 on Fox. You have the nine and five. Los Angeles Rams coming fresh off of a loss to the dumbest franchise in the history of the NFL. You literally had the keys to the city and you went, nah, I'm good. This is all assuming they knew what to do with the keys. Well, that's true. But like it, you at least want to get in the city before you burn it down. Uh, yeah. The Jets aren't even going to get in the city. Yeah, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Rams at the 10 and four, uh, Seattle Seahawks, uh, coming off of a win over the Washington football team, uh, Seattle's one and five, uh, 1.5, uh, point favorite here. 47 and a half is your over under. Um, I, I don't like either of these teams, but I'll be damned if I'm going to pick a Rams team that lost to the fucking jets. Uh, so Seattle plus, and, uh, and I'll take the under cause quite frankly, I think both offenses kind of stink. Uh, Sean. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I'm like, I'm like not one of the people that's like, oh, the jets are dumb or gay. First of all, Gase is dumb, but it has nothing to do with winning this game. Uh, the bottom line is you got a lot of players that are just taking licks all season and there's not one of them that gives a crap who's on your fantasy team. And there's not one of them that gives a crap whether you think they should draft Trevor Lawrence. The no, no one in the NFL getting paid money to do their job and risking a roster spot and like going out there and getting the crap kicked out of them every Sunday 
wants to lose every game. There's, there's nobody tanking in the NFL. Gase and the NFL and the official, they may be doing everything in their power to do it, but in certain situations and in certain games, um, things are just going to go right any given Sunday. And just because of that, I'm not hanging a, a heavy hat on the Rams. Uh, I will say for McVay's sake, uh, and, and I still don't like McVay, but for some reason I like the Rams, and I'm not – I'm just baffled. I don't know. I hate their uniforms. I hate their coach. Not a big Goff fan. Um, I do like Cam Akers, though he's out. Um, we're going to go back to Darrell Henderson uh, here for a couple of weeks at least. But um, to McVay's credit, he plays up to his level of um, – Opponents, he plays down to his level opponents, much like my fantasy team did this year. Uh, so um, I'm going to take the Rams on a bounce back. I think um, I think you're right. Both offenses have been struggling, but McVay has been creative in spots, and, and um, Jared Goff's been running the ball, strangely, uh, of late, <laughs> uh, at least in short yardage situations. Um, and Darrell Henderson maybe gets a chance to uh, to re-spark uh, what he had early in the year. Had a couple weeks with uh, with lower reps. Um, and maybe that's an advantage for them here trying to make the run. They're only a game out of first. They need this game, and I don't think they're um, they're that much worse than the Seahawks because they're better on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so give me the Rams uh, to they're, – they're, they're, uh, they're giving points, right? They're fine. I can take them to cover and win. Yeah, absolutely. Matt? What's your favorite? So uh, give me the uh, over. Yeah, you will never – Hear me pick a Pete Carroll coach team to win anything. <laughs> so, I know you're coming with me. I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, I'm going to take the over two because as bad as the offenses look, their defenses both are worse. Um, I mean, like the Eagles put up points on the Seahawks. That's that's how bad that defense is. Um, so, I mean, not many, but still. More the more so than we're used to seeing. So I'll take the Rams plus the points and the over. Just as a quick interjection, looked up some quick Rams defensive stats. First in yards allowed, first in passing yards allowed, second in rushing yards allowed, third in points allowed, second in third down conversion percentage as a defense. Unreal. Uh, so Unreal. the Rams killing it. Uh, but somehow also killing themselves. Not really sure how that works. Yeah, they've been great for my fantasy team. I'm, I'm going to need them uh, this weekend for sure. Um, okay. Then we go to uh, Sunday night on uh, NBC at 820. You have the 10-4 and four Titans uh, at the 11-3 and three Packers, who are a three-point home favorite, 56, uh, is your over-under on this one. Uh, I was originally going to say Packers, but um, in my league I need every bit of Ryan Tannehill uh, and, and his golden arm. I need him to not throw to A.J. Brown, though, so that may complicate things. But uh, I need him. Uh, that offense is uh, starting to roll again, uh, so hopefully they can do it for one more week before uh, they go back into their uh, their fraudulent category in, in Week 17 and beyond. Uh, but I need him this week, so I'm going to actually pick the Titans, uh, not only to cover, obviously, to win this game, uh, pull the upset in Lambeau, uh, I need it to happen. I want it to happen. They're my only chance. So uh, I, I got to get on Tennessee this week. Uh, Matt. Um, I also need kind of the reverse thing to happen. I just need Aaron Rodgers to have a poor game since my opponent. Well, that's fine. The guy I'm playing in my league has Devontae Adams. So I'm, all, I'm on board. So um, for that reason alone, I will pick the Titans as well uh, to not be fraudulent <laughs> for this week. Um, 
Now they don't have to worry about Derrick Henry scoring like 72 fantasy points in a game against me. Um, he can do everything he wants. Um, and so I'll take the Titans and just, I will take the Just dink and dunk passes. He can, Tannehill can dunk to him all day. I'll take the over just because I've taken the under on Titans games like six times this year in betting. And <laughs> like the, the most recent one was the Browns game where it was like, 49 to 26 at halftime and I was like okay yeah it, it, they're another team that week to week doesn't make a lot of sense Sean uh you guys are both wrong and <laughs> you're both uh kind of screwed and here's why uh my fantasy team is not a bad fantasy team <laughs> but my fan is the fantasy gods do not look favorably on something I've done and whenever that happens and I lose in the first round of the playoffs, or I just miss. My team does what it did this last week and just explodes. And the bad news for you guys and your picks is that I have both Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones on that team. Sean, and drop Devontae Adams right now. It's not going to matter because the I mean, gods know he would have been on my team. That's in this fine spot. for me if, if, uh, if you know, Aaron Jones can run all day. As long as Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Aaron Jones can't hurt me anymore. He could actually. I'm fine with that because I, because I have Aaron Jones in my other championship, so I'd be fine with that. Well, the pro that you both have is that uh, you, as a Ryan Tannehill owner, he's going to have to keep pace with uh, with Aaron Rodgers in the pack, so he's going to keep throwing. And the pro that Matt has is even when it's a passing situation, you can still hand it to Derrick Henry because he's going to knock five guys around. <laughs> and gain 15 yards like it was a pass play. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so, um, But, no, I like this game. It's a very interesting game. Um, I still think the Packers are um, safe atop the NFC, much like the Chiefs are, in my opinion, in the AFC. I think that those two seeds are very well established. Uh, Drew Brees has returned for the Saints, but I, I still don't think that Saints team um, is as good as the Packers, despite the fact that they kind of were out to a lead before. Uh, and now Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to establish that, uh, and so do the Packers. Uh, I think they hold. They are going to win. Uh, they are going to cover. Uh, and this game is going to be a bit of a shootout, uh, much like Matt said. You don't take the under in a game where you think it's going to be the under. Uh, I'm going to take this. Um, I'm going to take this over. All right, and then uh, the other one I have just is like a bonus pick. I'm not. I'm not counting this. Forty touchdowns, four picks. That's his stats Jesus. right now. Um, I'm not counting this one against the against the spread because we're we're gonna we're gonna split the call anyway, Sean. Uh, but it's uh it's of course Sunday afternoon, four twenty five, uh in, in Texas, Cowboys and Eagles. Uh since we, I had two Eagles fans, I'm a Cowboys fan. I, I have no clue how to even call this game. I mean, I'm 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 picking the Cowboys, obviously. Uh you guys I'm sure are gonna pick the Eagles, but like the Cowboys are hurting themselves and myself. They've, they've been beating me up for the last uh, 25 years. Um, they're winning game. They had a top, they had a number four overall pick. They've now won two in a row. Um, well, hey, the Jets keep winning. You're fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're working themselves out of the spot. Still alive in that, uh, in that NFC East race. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, it just, I feel like the you know the Cowboys if the defense is going to continue to play the way it has the last couple of weeks I mean against fairly inferior opponents obviously um, 
you know, maybe they can disrupt what the Eagles are doing, but but I think the Eagles are going to, you know, find some of those offensive lanes that they, that they haven't um, always been able to the last few weeks. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, the, the defense that gave up 33 to the Niners, that defense? Yeah, but they did enough to win. I mean, that's the sad part. Like, like they they disrupt enough. They get they get a turnover here or there. Like they're not obviously not playing great. I'm not I'm not saying that. Uh, Name me a starter on the 49ers right now. Uh, well, Mullins is dead. Uh, Mostert's dead. Wilson's dead. Who did I see the Niners just signed uh, off the Buccaneers practice squad? I, I saw. It's got to be the, a quarterback. It's got to be a quarterback. Yeah, no, I did. I did. It was because um, the Josh, Josh Rosen has Jesus risen. Christ. Rosen has risen. Because that because yeah the NFL changed their rule because the the, the 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 Broncos. Do they have anybody behind Mullins? That's good. I mean, I guess they would have a guy. I would have met yeah somebody from their practice squad. Throw Rosen in there. What's so he's just going to hand it off to? Somebody other than Mostert because he's on the other yeah too. Mostert yeah who I have in my league uh, I also had Wilson as a false safe but he looks like he's not going to play also making it worse for the for you guys and needing the Packers to suck Mostert was one of my running backs on that roster now he's hurt so <laughs> it their fantasy gods are going to make that up somewhere um, but uh, you know personally I I think the Eagles should win this game if I was picking it I would obviously pick my Cowboys because. I'll be damned if I'm going to pick the Eagles against the Cowboys. But, uh, Sean, we'll start with you. How do you think this game's going to go? Um, well, I mean, it's technically playoff implications for both teams. Uh, the Eagles, I think, kind of screwed themselves last week. I mean, being in a game that you could have come back and won, uh, and you know what I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there that in a fourth-quarter situation, a more veteran presence like Carson Wentz might have gotten you the win there. Um, would you have been in a position to win without him? You make the call. But just throwing that out there right now. Um, but we didn't get it, even though the fact that Washington lost. Seattle had done their job. We needed Washington to lose and, and kind of get within that um, half game before getting – because we get Washington at the end of the year then, and it would have been real nice. Um, but they might lose again. Um, I don't know if Alex Smith's going to play. Maybe Haskins gets back in there, and then it's anybody's ball game because – well, he won't even though, because uh, he's going to strip clubs and partying, and he, right. he does for four games, right? He does apologize. He for, could be, yeah. I, I don't think it's an automatic, but okay. I, and I, like, I don't think Washington can discipline him because said apologizes for going maskless and attending a strip. How are you not suspended, you dumbass? Or what the heck are you doing? Yeah, You're finally I, starting again for the first time. Like, if there's one quarterback that started at any point this year that has no reason starting another game, it's probably Haskins. <laughs> and, like, you've been given the gift to the kingdom. Your backup got hurt. His backup now is hurt. You're back. It's like, you're the best we have. Stupid idiot. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do to celebrate the fact that I have a job again? I'm going to go do something my job doesn't want me to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just. I'm going to see some strippers. <laughs> uh, but either way, I'm going to take the Eagles. I think the Eagles have a better uh offense currently i think they have a healthier offense currently uh, and i think their defense is playing better currently and last i checked uh, all of those things um make you better at football uh of course sometimes the jets and the bengals win so yep. what do i know? <laughs> uh, give me the eagles give me the over uh matt yes um i'll also take the eagles surprisingly um is zeke back this week 
I think so. I think he's due okay. to be back. Yeah. So, so go ahead and put Tony Pollard back on on the bench, who I picked up on Jim's advice, and that twenty four and a half points he got that week was the difference in my score versus Laser's score. So, thank you, Jim. No problem. Hang on to him. He was on my roster till I cut him right before I lost. <laughs> I just hang on to him. I'd be fine if Zeke doesn't come back this week because the guy I'm playing has Zeke, so I'd be totally fine with it. The better running back right now, so why? Certainly would you is. He probably is. Um, either way, I'll take the Eagles. I'll take the over um, just because both defenses are giving up a lot of points recently. Um, but I mean, I think. I think Dalton will finally like remember like oh hey I'm Andy Dalton and like stop playing decently stop finding open receivers and things like that yeah. it's it's bound to happen all right let's uh, real quick here guys um, is some news uh, over the weekend the NHL uh, has their return to play uh, uh, situation figured out uh, the season will be starting January the thirteenth. They uh, they have realigned the divisions for the year. There's a North, Central, East, and West division. The North division, all Canadian teams uh, because of still the restrictions between uh, with, with COVID and, and crossing the border. So it'll be Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg in the North division. Uh, in the West, you have Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Las Vegas. In the Central, you have Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. And then in the East, you have uh, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. Um, Probably the most interesting thing, uh, as it pertains to the NHL's return to play, is instead of a Eastern Conference, Western Conference playoff, you have uh, in the first two rounds, each division uh, will send four teams uh, to the playoffs, where the one seed will play the four seed, the two seed will play the three seed. There'll be two rounds of divisional playoffs, and then um, the four teams that advance to the semifinals will then be reseeded. So the highest seed out of the divisional rounds will play the lowest seed that gets out of the divisional rounds and then the middle rounds. So theoretically, uh, you could have a Toronto-Boston uh, Stanley Cup final this year. There's some intriguing matchups uh, that, that, that could come out of this. Um, but uh, for me, quite frankly, I'm just happy the NHL is finding a way to play. Uh, 56-game season. The regular season will end in May. The Stanley Cup Finals are scheduled to end um, just before the the Summer Olympics in July, and the NHL hopes to be back on their normal schedule uh, for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, We will obviously get to uh, some of the predictions and stuff in a couple of weeks as as we, uh, you know, camps start opening up next week for the teams that did not make the Stanley Cup uh, bubble. Uh, and then the following week, the camps will open for the teams that did. We'll get to the uh, the, the breakdowns, but uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, I, I, I imagine pretty excited that that we're going to have an NHL season this year. Oh, definitely excited for hockey. Um, it's a hard it's a hard script to follow. Like I have to I have to do some more 
uh, looking, obviously, I got a lot going on, um, you know, holiday season and um, just in general uh, kind of following football to this point out and making sure that I'm on my A game trying to hold you off of my picks. So um, haven't really been able to look at the breakdown and, and how that playoff system works with the new seating. So um, I'm going to have to really, uh, really sit down if, if I'm going to be making any predictions. But um, whatever the seedings, whatever the rankings, whatever the, the, the divisions, um, the NHL showed me during the early rounds of COVID that um, they know how to adapt their product and still make it successful. I think it's going to be much harder this time around than it was the last time because it's not just the playoffs. But um, but I wish them the best, and I'm excited to get to watch hockey. And they've proven to me that fans or no fans, uh, they can make it exciting, and it's still a great sport to watch on television. So I am absolutely excited. Uh, to see it coming up here in a, in another month or so. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I'm glad they were able to figure it out. I know for for a time there, it was kind of iffy of what was going to happen. So um, I'm, I'm thankful that they are going to have a season. Um, you know, when, whenever you can get more sports, more you know things to just distract you from everything going on, that's a good thing. And I think the NHL's product in the bubble was very good, so I'm excited to see what they do here. Yeah, Sean, we got to we got to go back. That, that's my fault. Uh, we missed your uh, your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week for week 15. So, uh, who were the nominees and who ended up getting that uh, that that famous award? I'm glad you went back and revisited it because it was a dynamite week for fantasy irrelevance in a week where names like Chad Hansen, Fournette, Antonio Brown, and Tyler Conklin weren't good enough to even get honorably mentioned. Here we go. Who the hell is this? You're about to ask. <laughs> uh, our honorable mention goes to two different people. We mentioned Quez Watkins earlier. Quez Watkins gets his first NFL touchdown. Uh, the other honorable mention I'm going to give it to um, is somebody that may have been on fantasy rosters, but if you made it this far with this person, they weren't in your starting roster. Devin Singletary with his <laughs> second <laughs> touchdown of the year. 51 yards would have been a good one, but a lot of people not in fantasy land watching that one happen. Um, those are your honorable mentions. Number three, a name James is very familiar with. Uh, only comes in at number three because Lamar Jackson threw the pass. Um, Des Bryant gets on the board with a fantasy <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> if you got that one in your fantasy playoffs, Godspeed. I'm happy as hell for that guy, though, seriously. Sure, I am too. Why not? He's on a way better team than he would have been if he would have re-signed with Dallas. Well, that's true. Uh, number two, uh, <laughs> visiting last night's uh, Steel City debacle, um, Ryan Finley, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals on a 23-yard scamper, scores by himself. Even his mom didn't see that coming. Who the hell is this? And finally... Out of the playbook of Jacoby Brissett, sneaking quarterbacks, touchdowns from everybody who watches. Well, nobody watches the Raiders anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Marcus Mariota with a two-yard touchdown run has not only has now won it, you know, the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. I have no idea who that is. Uh, <laughs> all right, and then finally, the uh, the NBA begins there. 2020-2021 season uh, tonight. There was two games on the schedule. The Brooklyn Nets 
uh, beating the Golden State Warriors 125 to 99, and the Lakers and Clippers are underway. Uh, the Clippers currently up 16 to five over the defending champions. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to try to get into my Sixers more this year because once football's over, I'm going to need more of a distraction. Uh, although I do have hockey, uh, to, to look at, um, uh, Ryan said he got excited when, uh, when, when you said the name, Ryan, uh, well, just to, just to ease his mind, uh, Ryan, I, I want you to know. Uh, whether it be podcasting, whether it be real life, you will always be on my list of irrelevant. Um, <laughs> as far as I'm um, and, and speaking of Ryan Miller's, uh, there's been some talk that the Washington Capitals right. may look at Ryan Miller, not not the one commenting, if for Ryan Miller for a potential filler for the Henrik Lundqvist spot. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, again, James. Uh, unable to play this year due to a heart condition, but. Um, I, I, I don't have any NBA predictions. Now, Ryan, now your Ryan Miller has a heart condition because you just <laughs> mentioned his name another time. And he actually does have a heart condition, which is not a, which is not a lie uh, as well. Um, but uh, I don't know, Sean, if you have any, but I know, Matt, you're, you're kind of more uh, the NBA guy here. Uh, any, any thoughts on, on who uh, may be some teams to watch uh, for this season? Um, yeah, I mean, out of the West, yeah, I think we, I'm just going to say the 76ers. I'm going to throw that out there, and um, I'm going to take a stab. And throw the, the is it throw the cat? Raise the cat. Raise the cat. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Lakers will also be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You are you are big. You can fill you can fill the pipes. That's for sure. Um, but Matt, teams to watch in the NBA this year. Yeah, I mean the the Lakers Clippers. This this is probably a pretty good preview of what of what you're going to see down the road here and of course the jazz and the nuggets um will continue to kind of do their quietly succeeding thing um out there on the west on the east coast i think there's uh probably four or five teams that you can keep an eye on that's going to be um if they stay healthy the brooklyn nets i think are going to be the team to beat um milwaukee did a lot of roster reconstruction here as did the 76ers so we'll see how that pans out i think it will go well for both of them, and then of course the Miami Heat want to kind of defend their East Coast championship, so they'll be back. Uh, and the, the Celtics, you can never count out. So I think those nine teams are probably your most likely to see in uh, in finals both ways. Now, let me hop in here and ask you. Um, obviously, the NBA is one, and 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 in the NFL, you know, you got a lot of roster moves, a lot of uh, cap issues, and obviously COVID affecting cap issues. Uh, across all the major sports, um, and obviously Harden, uh, whether his choice or not, uh, seems to be on the move. Um, you know, do you think there's going to be any other major moves? Is, is there a chance we have like an early season shift? Uh, you know, everybody was pointing uh, Philly's way for Harden there for a while. Now talks have dialed down. I, I kind of secretly in my head said, you know, maybe Miami's a target spot for him to be kind of a veteran present. Uh, what do you think uh, on Harden, and what do you think on uh, – any potential moves that may still happen. Yeah, I mean, if, I don't think there's going to be anything bigger, obviously, than Harden. I do think that inevitably does happen. Um, I think in terms of the Sixers, um, it, it could. I would be disappointed if Ben Simmons or Embiid was involved in that package, but I would understand why it would have to be Simmons. Um, but I do think that Miami is kind of the better sleeper pick right now. Um, also, keep your eye on Boston just with everything going on with Kemba Walker's health. Also, um, Boston. 
Yeah, so they might try to make a move there, um, and, and that wouldn't probably be the worst thing because Boston would probably have to give up a lot to get him, and I would be fine. Probably not getting a title in the NFL this year, so they got to figure something out. <laughs> they got to get some more titles. Yeah. Yeah, title town is not going to be in Boston at all this year. So, you know, they got to got to figure something out there. But um, I mean, there'll be there'll be trade deadline moves for like decent names, but none as big as James Harden. So that's that's the name we're still waiting to stick, and we're you know obviously that's going to shift your picks one way or another, going to shift mine one way or another. I hope it's in favor of my Sixers, and um, mm-hmm. you know if it's not going to come to the Sixers, just uh, let them die on the Rockets. That's as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> All right, Sean, let uh, let the people know where they can follow you, and we're going to uh, close this thing up. All right, well, you can always follow me as usual at uh, Sean Shine State, S H A W N, uh, Sean Shine State. Uh, those of you that caught the picture saw my little guy. Excited to have him on his uh, first real Christmas, second one of his life, and uh, we're looking forward to it. We hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Uh, a lot of sports coming your way for it, sports coming your way after it. Let's all have a good time, and we'll talk to you again before the new year. All right, Matt. Uh, let people know where they can follow you. Yeah, I'm glad we, we get to close out on the worst Christmas song ever, but um, so – Follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. Uh, make sure you check out the home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com. Uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. We hope you have a great Christmas uh, and uh, whatever you celebrate. Have a safe and happy holiday. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?